On today's show, our special guest is Mina Williams, owner of Blanc and Rouge, with some holiday wine suggestions. We'll talk about the sale of Salish Lodge and Spa, PCC Market Happenings, a new house wine for the Metropolitan Grill, and more. Plus, we have news you can use for the holidays. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, this is Chef Jason Wilson, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the December Seattle Dining Show number 1912. Insert ominous music here, the last show of the year. I'm Connie Adams, senior editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Ho, 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 ho. <gasps> Wait a minute, maybe it's Santa. I think Santa is in the studio. Ooh, it's the Santa studio today. I like that. <laughs> How come there's not peppermint in my coffee? Yeah, I didn't put any of that in there today, did I? Man, I, it is hard to find good help. I just really feel for these restaurateurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I did the Santa impersonation because I wanted to start off the show by talking about a couple of gift ideas that people might consider for the holidays. Oh, I think that's a great idea. So uh, I started making up a little list. If you have any, feel free to chime in. Were you checking the list twice? I'm checking it twice right okay. now. all right. Um, and some of these are gifts that you've given me or I've given you, mm -hmm. and they were so good for you and I that we want other people to get them too. You're so giving. I just love that about you. So uh, the first one I have here is the Breville Fresh and Furious Blender. Yes. That thing rocks. That, that rocks. Well, I won't say. I was going to say that rocks the whole house, but truly it doesn't. It's loud. I think it's quite loud, but you say it's not as loud as your last one. No. And it does not – one of the uh, negative things online about it was that it moves around the counter. It I have that problem. I have not had that problem at all. I think you need to clean the feet on it because it has kind of sticky feet on it, and mm -hmm. if you don't clean them – I could see where it'll start rocking around yeah, on the counter. Because it's so powerful. But if you, if you keep them clean, then they're going to have that traction. Yeah. You can use this blender for obviously a million things. We primarily got it because we do sh uh, shakes, protein shakes. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you, kale and things like that are just pulverized. You don't get that stringy no. <laughs> bit or anything. No. To me, it was a whole revelation on blenders because the, the last two blenders I have are like, 2000 technology. Uh, I have, uh, I had a Hamilton Beach that was a commercial blender. Noisy, 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 but it ripped a pretty good smoothie yeah. or a shake. And then I had a, uh, a KitchenAid that didn't do a very good job on yeah. smoothies and shakes. That's where we were getting the, the, the fiber from, from the leaves so bad we could floss our teeth after the <laughs> shake. Um, 
but this one has cycles that it goes through. So when you press it for a smoothie, it actually goes through a couple of different speeds. And uh, over the course of one minute, uh, you get a really nice texture for a smoothie. And it's timed. You hit the smoothie button or the green smoothie button, mm-hmm. and it goes through its thing and stops automatically. So you don't have to keep an eye on it or, you know. Yeah. The other thing I learned with that blender is that um, it has a cleaning cycle in it. That's so, so you cool. put a, a couple of drops of dishwashing liquid in, and you fill it halfway up with water, and you push the cleaning cycle. And it just cleans the whole thing up. You don't have to worry about putting it in a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. It, take, it would take up a lot of space mm-hmm. in a dishwasher. It's also all one piece. So my last one, I had to you know unscrew the base, take the blade out, wash it all. And because you're washing it like this and it's got such power, you don't have to worry about it. It's all one piece. Yeah, yeah. Really mm-hmm. nice. Excellent piece of product. Uh, go look for it in the stores if you can find it. Uh, I know that we bought ours online. Um, because they didn't have any out in the stores yeah. when we went to look for it. Oddly. But we gave it a shot. And and maybe around the holidays they will be stocked. Yeah, and they may have it at some of the better places. I think I went to Bed Bath & Beyond to try to find it yeah. and couldn't find it there. And I'm not going to keep driving around. Yeah. You know, that, that doesn't make any sense. But I bet you probably if someone's going to have this thing, it's Sir Latob because they have yeah. a lot of Breville stuff in the stores. Yeah, that's true. So anyways, the Breville Fresh and Furious Blender. Uh, on to number two here, a Tavolo quarter cup ice cube maker. Yeah. And uh, you're making ice cubes in quarter cup sizes. So you, you, if you just want them for cocktails, they're really good because really, you get a really big ice cube yeah. that you can use. Um, but it's also really handy for freezing soups, salsas. Leftover pumpkin filling you didn't use, guacamole, you name it, fill this puppy up with one and a half cups of whatever that liquid is and freeze it, keep it in Ziploc bags in the freezer, and you're you're good to go on, on decent leftovers. And it's great for stock, too, because, you know, we've talked about this. You've got them in three sizes. You've got two cup sizes, the quarter cup one you're talking about, and then mm-hmm. little ice cube sizes, yeah. also from Tovolo. Tovolo. Um, and so sometimes, you know, you're not using a cup of stock. You need two tablespoons. Mm-hmm. So it's so great to have those various sizes. You say tavolo, I say tavolo. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on to the next one. This one will not be out in time for Christmas, but mm. you can pre-order it online. Mm. And I always recommend, you know, if you're going to do that, pre-order it online, print out the receipt, fold it up, put it in an envelope, and present it to the person who's going to get this uh. on Christmas Day or whatever day you're, you want to do. Uh, this is coming out on December 31st. It is called the Mediterranean Method Cookbook, and it is written by Stephen Maisley, who is Ooh. one of the co-authors of the Smart Fat Diet book, which has been basically a staple in our eating since it came out in 2016. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. You don't have to get it for me because I've already got mine on I was going to say, did you already get it? But uh, Dr. Maisley is uh, very good about providing tons of insight about food and how it works, the chemistry, the science. And uh, he's also, he claims to be a chef. And he does have some pretty good recipes. So uh, looking forward to that. And everybody should have a Mediterranean cookbook at home. Yeah, we have several. Yeah. Several. 
another one, uh, another book. You gave this to me. It was originally published back in 2015. It's called The Food Lab. Yeah. Written by J. Kenzie Lopez Alt. It was a James Beard Award winner. It is about two, two yeah. and a half inches thick. Oh, I'd say two. Two? Okay, yeah. two inches thick. One and a half or two. We're looking over at it right now. <laughs> um, and it is just a super, super book. I had a book that you gave me a long time yeah. ago that was The Science of Food. Exactly. And it broke down all the things that each food that you eat, what the properties of it are, what the nutritional values are, what kind of vitamins and minerals are in it. And this goes beyond that. And uh, he talks a lot about different ways to cook things. So things are going to break down in a different way. Things are going to happen differently depending on how you cook certain foods. Um, and it's just super in-depth and tons of recipes and tips you can use in the kitchen. So uh, it is hardback. It was 50 bucks, but uh, it's a well $50 spent. Yeah. It's and a thank you for buying book. it for me so I didn't have to pay for it. You're so welcome. That's what's <laughs> called a gift. Uh, well, um, I think uh, certainly a gift card for one of your favorite cooking stores mm -hmm. or food stores is a nice thing to give to someone else. Um, we love the bit of taste up on Queen Anne, oh, yeah. Queen Anne Olive Oil Company, who still does a lot with olive oil, but they're expanding. And uh, just a fun place to go and explore food. And taste everything. Mm -hmm. um, on December 4th, Central Market, also known as Town and Country Markets or Ballard Market, uh, they will be running their... Ooh. Food card program. That's you a can good buy thing. a hundred dollar food card for I think it's eighty, isn't it? I thought it was seventy five. Maybe seventy five. So that's a great deal, and uh, we kind of kind of each buy each other those cards every year. Yeah, because um, we're going to shop there anyway. So why not save twenty five dollars? Mm hmm. Plus, it's a great stocking stuffer. Yeah, you don't have to have a big stocking to put it in. Yeah, exactly. Um, another gift card that, that I think is really worthy of giving someone. Obviously, there's tons of restaurants that will have gift cards. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you haven't been out and experienced Revolve in Bothell, uh, you must go try that. If you have done it, you should give a gift card to someone. Uh, if if you liked it as much as we do, and we love the place. Yeah. Um, another thing that is uh, free for you to give to somebody. If you like listening to our show, if you like reading our magazine online, you can subscribe a friend free to Seattle yeah, Dining. there you go. If for some reason they don't like it, they can always just punch the button at the bottom of the newsletter that'll get them unsubscribed. Yeah. But it doesn't cost you anything to sign them up. Yeah. So that's what I got. Okay. Well, there's a couple things I wanted to sort of add on to this. And we've talked about this one before. Um, but... If you're buying kitchen items, tools, equipment, look for stuff that you can use in more than one way for more than one type of use just because you only have so much space. That's right. So that's a, a one to look at. The other thing I'd like to say, and this is a little insight into my personality that you know no one really cares about, but I never buy the correct equipment that I need for anything. It's always about, well, I don't want to spend that money or I don't want to do this or I won't, I don't know if I'm going to do it forever. So like I, I took skiing lessons and didn't buy goggles and I wore contacts at the time. Oops. 
you know, I could never see anything. I was, you know, so stuff like that. So I must say, honestly, that I lust after many of Tom's kitchen equipment items, but I, but I don't go buy them myself. I love the Tovalo things. And I <laughs> you wait for me to buy a second of, of the same one yes. and then bring it to your house. Yes, I often get his hand-me-downs. <laughs> I don't want clothing. I just want your kitchen stuff. Um, but that's, it's, this may be a good time in November. This, we're doing this in, at the end of November, so early December. If you think you, there are things you'd like but you're not sure, go do a little inventory in your kitchen and think, you know what I'd really love is something that does this. Make a little list and then share that with people who are going to give you things. Mm-hmm. And then you will... Get rid of all that stuff you're not using in the kitchen. Yeah, and, and things that don't do more than one thing, you know, unless it does it so well. Or if you're not using your spiralizer, ask yourself why you're not using your spiralizer. Yeah. Maybe you should be working up a couple of new menu items around that spiralizer. Exactly. So anyway, that, that's just the last thing I wanted to add. Okay. So, so should we talk about where we've been eating? Yeah, yeah, where you've been eating. Okay. Um, the other day, um, I ate at De Laurenti at Pike Place Market, and I'm, I will say I have shopped there for years. I love their charcuterie. I love their cheese. They've got. I used to buy the their olive tapenade. It's just you know, it's packed full of wonderful things. But I have never eaten in the cafe upstairs. And the deal is, there's that little sandwich counter downstairs. Mm-hmm. You have to order it there. But they have a daily special. I was there on a Monday. It was Monday meatballs. They had their, I don't know how often they make this, but they had their Parmesan soup. So it was a little tortellini, a, a sausage pieces in this broth that they use Parmesan cheese rinds in. Mm. Oh, it was just delicious. Oh, that sounds good. They have pizza with several like vegetarian toppings. That, that's I some had serious a French cooking right there. Yeah, you know, it's it looks like a little sandwich counter, and the sandwich is apparently great. I didn't try one the other day. And then you can just... Take it to go out if you want or walk upstairs. And like in the case of things they had to heat up, they brought that to us. Mm. Things that we could get right then, we just took up with us. This is the restaurant they used in that movie way back in the 90s. Oh, no, that was Sleepless in Seattle. That yeah. was uh, not the Athene- Athenian, but the other one, I think. Oh, so yeah, it's next to the yeah. Athenian. Okay, so, well, anyways. So anyway, so that I, I would just say, especially when you're down there, if you're going to shop at the market for the holidays or get your food down there. That's just a an added bonus to the market experience and really good food. The chef there is a guy named Drew. Met him the other day and he was he's just a really pleasant guy. So excited about what he's doing and loves it. So, huh. so that's one. The other one I wanted to mention, um, and it's kind of a mixed review. It's the Hearth and Hound at the Pally Hotel downtown, and. Apparently, I've been told, they're kind of known for their biscuits. So we did try an order of their biscuits, which was, it comes on a little plate. There's three biscuits, and it has pimento cheese, which I just liked because there's red pepper in it. Um, they had a jam, and they had something else. Now, I can't remember. The jam and the other thing were very good. Um, and they say it takes a while to get, and we just, boom, it came to the table, and they said, oh, you know what? It got ordered uh, by accident or something by oh. someone else, so we had it ready, so here it is. You got someone else's food. Yeah, so we were like, oh, okay. Um, and then one person got a salad, and she said, yeah, add some salmon to it, add a little salmon. I thought there'd be a couple pieces on it. It was like a filet, and I think they charged oh. her $6. Oh, my. So that was very impressive. Uh, the other person and I split a chicken sandwich, which was huge, so I'm glad we split it, but it was very non, uh, you know, there was just 
it didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. So some good and bad, and then I thought this is a service issue, but they came and somebody paid with a credit card and they left, and we were still sitting there talking, and they came over with another charge. Oh, we forgot to charge you for the biscuits. <laughs> so they made her run her card again oh. because of their mistake. The biscuits got more than the salmon? <laughs> probably. <laughs> it was, probably was. It was like 10 bucks or something. But... um you know, I thought that was a poor service choice. We obviously got someone else's order, first of all. Mm-hmm. They ran our card and made us pay. and the, So, you know, that could have just been one moment in time. They may never do anything like that again. But So it was a kind of a mixed thing, but I liked the room. And the lobby of the hotel is very cool. It's just like a, a little... Well, where's the hotel? What corner? You know what? I always get it wrong. It's second and... Piker Pine, something like that. I'm sure I'm wrong, but it's down in that area, uh-huh. a few blocks from the market. I try to stay out of downtown, so I don't know anything that's going on down yeah. there. And I walk. I don't pay any attention to street signs. I just walk and go places. So, yeah. so, so where have you been eating? <coughs> oh, wait. Was I going to tell you? Uh, yeah, one more. I, I was going to talk about Hearth. Mm-hmm. We were out at Hearth. Now that you talked about Hearth and Hound. That's right. This is a different Hearth. This <laughs> is at the Heathman Kirkland, a different hotel, too. Um, we had dinner at Hearth a couple months ago, and then it turns out they have a new chef. So we went back to try it again. And I, um, we'll see what Tom says, but I was really happy with it. And we took a bunch of, I took a bunch of the leftovers home because they gave us way too much to eat. And um, it is a very rare time when I finish leftovers. I might have it once, mm-hmm. but I spread it out over like three days, mm. and I ate it all. Hmm. I really enjoyed it, um, and it, the chef is Brian McCracken, and you know him from Spur Gastro Pub, Tavern Law, Coterie Room. Yeah. So he's obviously out of owning his own places and into being the chef and general manager of the restaurant, and he was—he um, seemed really enthusiastic about being there, um, getting the local product, getting back to full seasonality, and um, I thought that obviously the food was good. So. He's got some secret secret ways of preparing some of his food, so he wouldn't tell me what yeah. those were. But um, they had a short rib that was quite good. They so had some tender, braised carrots that were really good. Oh. Yeah, just uh, nice flavors all the way around. Yeah, and some interesting things. I'm not going to pronounce this right, but the olives he used were like Tagalaska or something like that. I'd never even heard of that olive, and it was really perfect on those carrots. I don't know. They, he, he's doing a great job. So, and he says, you know, we're really just—he's very new—and he said, we're really just starting. I've, you know, redone the menu, but we're really starting to look at what we want to do and where we want to end up. So, where have you been eating? I went down to Tacoma and did a little event down there, and um, we utilized the upstairs. I called it the crow's nest yeah. at um, Katie Downs, which is right on the water in Tacoma, mm-hmm. and there are a number of restaurants on the water. There's the Ram, and there's uh, – well, got Anthony's down there, don't they? It's the Harbor Lights that's in Anthony's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we were looking for something that wasn't going to be charging us for room and, and uh, easygoing, you know, and happy to take separate checks and all that, and yeah. this, this one worked out. So if you're in the uh, Tacoma area – and you're trying to put together a holiday event for a small group of people. I think we had 12 or 14 up we there. We had like 14, and 12 would have been max. 10 yeah. would have been ideal. Yeah. 
Uh, they do have a TV upstairs if you want to do a, a video presentation. Uh, really good staff, and, and frankly, the food was pretty good. Yeah, and the other thing is, if you're um, oldie moldy like I am, Katie Downs, to me, always meant pizza. And they do have pizza, and it's good. It takes like 20 minutes. Um, once you order it, it's not a quick turnaround thing. Mm-hmm. But no one in, in those like 14 people, or 15, I think it might have been, ate pizza. Yeah. We all ate They had a lot things. of other stuff on the menu. It was all over the place. I That day, I had calamari, and it was really lovely. It was done just right. It wasn't too bready. It was tender. Not everybody gets that right. I had a salad and something else. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but you had, it was like a Mediterranean salad. Yeah, that's really what it was. It was Mediterranean good. salad. Really looked good. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. so that's uh, definitely one to, to check out if you're looking for something easy going on the water in Tacoma. Yeah, beautiful view. Uh, let's see. We also went to uh, La Palerma. Palmera. I spelled it wrong. Palmera. Yeah. Okay. In South Lake Union uh, for my birthday. Yeah. And it was uh, it's Mexican food right down there on Mercer. Um, we took public transit to get there, so we didn't have to deal with the – We walked, actually. We walked down we and, walked, and bus right. back. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty good. Pretty good. They yeah. had uh, nice margaritas. Mm-hmm. I say margaritas, <laughs> plural. plural. <laughs> um, we walked. Good guacamole. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I ate because I never do, but you always yeah, remember. We split – I don't remember the exact dish, but it was a shrimp dish. You were not – you were so picky about shrimp. I didn't sense anything off on the shrimp at all. You said it wasn't great. Mm. But we enjoyed the meal. Um, they have other locations like either Edmonds or something up north. Yeah, up north. But they made this into a really nice place, and they've got some spaces where groups can come in. I think they were thinking, you know, tech groups, office groups. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a really There's nice. A couple inside. little companies down there that might need some space. Yeah, you, know. you know. But it, it, I thought it looked very nice inside. We sat at the bar, and um, it was good service. So yeah, that turned out to be okay. Yeah, and then the other place I went to is something I hadn't been to in I don't know about five years or since they opened that long ago uh, on Greenwood Avenue. It's called the Valhalla Sandwich Shop. Oh yeah, and uh, it was actually pretty good. They had some. Real nice sauces on the food. Um, I had a pulled pork sandwich with an ancho barbecue sauce mm. in it. And uh, it, it, the flavors were good, but I will tell you, every every sandwich I saw people eating, it's really messy. Get mm. lots of napkins when you sit down and make sure you remember that you're probably going to be stopping off at the restroom before you leave. <laughs> To clean up because it's uh, its its own little event. Is there a little trail of slippery sauces all the way to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I liked it better than when I tried it five years ago. I was just going to say, this is another – we've talked about this before on other shows, but it's called Give People a Chance After a Little Time. Yeah, I'd like to give them five years yeah. <laughs> to settle in. You, know? you might have waited a little too long, but I remember <laughs> that you were – I said, should I go try it? And you said, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, and so now it's good to hear they're still there for one, and that obviously it's kind of come about. Yep, that's yep. great news. All right, so hey, let's uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have some tidbits from the News Bites file. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by. 
Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, my name is Elijah Lefkowitz. We're from uh, Fort Myers, Florida. We're visiting the Seattle area. We went to the Tillicum Place Cafe for brunch, and it was absolutely delicious. We had the savory and sweet Dutch, ba- Dutch babies, and we'll, if we ever come back, that we'll be coming back to Tillicum Place Cafe. Hi, this is Richard from Mary Hill Winery, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Back on the Seattle Dining Show, I'm the publisher, Tom Marin. I'm here with the senior editor, Connie Adams. The most youthful senior editor you've yeah. ever seen yeah. or heard. And uh, we are going to get into the news bites and kind of tell you what's going on around town in the biz. Remember that we're always adding things, so you can always read the news bite column at seattledining.com. Correct? Just click on news bites. All right, let's start off with a departure. Jason Stratton, the chef at M-Bar, has moved on apparently for a consulting project. The new chef de cuisine is Alex Gleason, and he was formerly at No Anchor. I got to get out. (laughs) I'm not eating at any of these. I'm looking at all these places on here. I haven't eaten at many of these places. Well, you know what? They come and they go so fast. Well, not only that, but you, you have... Taking your world down to a smaller area. These are downtown or Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the problems for us on Capitol Hill is that I just refuse to try and go up there and park. Right. Um, and, but from either of our places, it's like a two or three bus ride. Yeah. You know, or, or you got an Uber. Or, you know, it's just, and, and I feel a little bit bad about that because there's some great places up there we need to try. I know. We need to go spend a weekend up there or something. Yeah, that's it. It's like, you know, I I think we can get a tent put up somewhere. <laughs> oh, any street, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Capitol Hill, we were talking about this the other day. You did not remember this because you don't go to coffee shops very often. But the, the Roy Street, uh, it was the Roy Street Bar. Well, no, that's what's going in. Oh. It was the Roy Street Coffee Shop, and it was across from um, the burger place that's been there forever that now I am blanking on, um, right on... Oh, my God. I can't well, think of the street. Anyways, it's anyway, it's on Capitol Hill, and this is Capitol called the Roy Hill. Street Bar. And what it's going to be, and this is something we experienced in, of all places, Idaho. Yeah, and not in, like, Boise. This was in the back town of Idaho. Was, was it Wallace? Or Wallace, was it yeah. Wallace, yeah. That I can remember. Um, anyway, it's a serve-yourself wine dispenser. And don't get excited. You can't put as much as you want in. But they give you a card. You put an amount... I don't think you put an amount of money on it. They just attach it to your credit card. Right. And then you go over to the machine, put the card in, decide which wine you want to try, and you can try varying number of ounces, you know, three or six, something like uh-huh. that. And then Or 36. 36. No, you can't go that high. <laughs> um, but then you get to try what you want, and then you can do different wines throughout the evening. It, I kind of liked it. Um, the idea is I believe you can only do a certain 
go up to a certain amount of dollars mm-hmm. in an attempt to not let people just drink themselves silly and or go maybe out and get a, in a certain car. volume, yeah, a certain amount of ounces, yeah. So that you know, if you go back to get more to get your card rejuvenated, they can decide at that point if you've had too much mm-hmm. and not. So they would don't overserve. So mm. anyway, that's um, I'm not sure when that's coming or if it's up even right now, but that's kind of exciting. Then the Snoqualmie tribe has purchased Salish Lodge and the acreage around the falls. And they – I'm not sure why this didn't happen. I, I assume they didn't have the money at the time. The Muckleshoot tribe bought it. Mm-hmm. They planned a huge amount of development in that – on the woods beyond, on mm-hmm. the other side of the road. Um, and now those developments have been stopped because the land is sacred to the Snoqualmie tribe. Yeah. So they don't really want that going on. So it will be interesting to see how this all – comes out, I can't imagine they're going to do, like, close the lodge down or anything. That's a moneymaker. So, um, but anyway, it's kind of nice that it's back with the people who really revere it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, actually. And save the beauty of that area. Yeah. Because I think they've already done enough development up there. They've Come done. On. And, and one summer, a couple years ago, we went up there and they were gouging out roads and uh, it was sad. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. This next one, actually, I'd like you to talk about because you got the full scoop on it. So PCC Markets is changing their member benefits program effective January 1st of 2020. If if you're a member, uh, you've probably got your paper, and it's the front page article, so read it. But more importantly, read the FAQs because that's re- where really most of the changes are noted. Uh, You're not going to have the uh, 10% once a month offer anymore. You're not going to have the 5% on two days of the month offer anymore. Uh, What they want you to do is take advantage of different coupons that they'll be happy to email you now and uh, and take advantage of those uh, paper ones that they send you in the mail too. So uh, it's going to be different. You know, I like getting my little 5% and 10% stuff, but uh, we'll see if maybe these coupons – I know I I had one of their coupons for a chicken the other day, and uh, it was one chicken – one one package of chicken free when you buy another package of chicken. And, you know, I buy organic chicken. Uh, So I saved myself 12 bucks. Oh. And I didn't know what I was going to do with it, so it's all in the freezer right now. But that's okay, because we will use it up. Oh, yeah, we'll use it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, a, it's, it's always taquito time, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about it, and I'm not a member, so I shouldn't say a word, but it seems to me that with that discount, you could buy what you want. Whereas right. now you're going to kind of get they, pushed into, you know, get yeah. some pears, get some bread, get some yeah. salami. And I don't know if that's just stuff they want to move or if it's a, a company underwriting it. You know, like you don't have to pay so much for the product if you want to put it out at a discount and we'll get it in front of people so they'll like our product best or yep. I don't know. That could be going on. And um, they have their – they just opened their 13th location in Ballard. And uh, you discovered that there's actually parking underneath. Yeah, there's a parking garage. So I didn't, I didn't see that when I went in. I thought, boy, this isn't going to work out. There's not very much parking here. But yeah. uh, apparently, that underground garage will be the ticket for that. Yeah. Um, and oh my, aren't those the widest aisles you've ever seen in a grocery store? I, I have think to they're say, they're six or seven feet wide. You were saying I was so exhausted as a joke, but you know, I got to say. 
I loved it. I walked in and it was like the angels were singing, you know, look at this beautiful wide open store. And and in that first area, when you first walk into the store, they've mm-hmm. got like the antipasto bar and soups and pre-made stuff like that. Taco bar and yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of room around it. Like even Metropolitan Market on the bottom of Queen Anne, they've got all that. But it's a little tight next to the cheese yeah. stuff. This People could be three deep on that thing and not bother the aisle way. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. I liked it. And, I, and I'm going to say my joke here that I told the people at the store because I, I want to claim originality to this joke. <laughs> um, uh, they said, they said how, how are you doing today? And I said, well, I'm a little exhausted because your store is so big. I just get tired of walking around in it. It's so big. I said, you know, your store over on uh, Green Lake is so small that I have to take a walk around Green Lake after <laughs> in order to get any exercise. <laughs> and they're like, so there's my original You're joke. all done. Goodbye, sir. <laughs> <laughs> And just so you know, this new one is across the street from Ballard Blocks, so and you know the, near the Mike's Chili area. Yeah, so. This new one, if you come out of the parking area on the north side, you will look at Trader Joe's, and then ahead of you will be the New Seasons Market. Uh, to the right of that is the Fred Meyer Market, <laughs> and just north of there is a Safeway and the Ballard Central Market. So, folks, we're talking. Supermarket Wars in Ballard coming up real fast. And if there's something you need that you can't find in Ballard, you are just not looking hard enough. (laughs) You must have really exotic taste. (laughs) So, big excitement for me personally. The Gingerbread Village is back. Um, It's open now as you're hearing this. It opened on the 23rd of November. It goes through January 1st. And the concept this year is Elf Life. So, different tales of elves. All... so Can fun. you actually go in and eat from the Gingerbread Village? I'm trying to figure out why this is in the Seattle Dining Show. Because it is a holiday thing and it uses food products, but you cannot eat the no. They, they can't eat. No, these are meant to last for a month over a month. So, no. So on the 26th of, of December, can people just go in and eat up the Gingerbread Village? No, that would be five days before it closes. That would be so bad. Oh, Children oh, would be oh. crying. So on January 2nd, can I go eat the? If you care up. to, I think you're pretty persnickety about what you eat, so I don't think you would be enjoying <laughs> yeah, yourself. Show me the organic gingerbread house. That's the one I want to eat. <laughs> it's the one in a small, crumpled, moldy section there. <laughs> so Metropolitan Grill has partnered with Doubleback Winery's owner, Drew Bledsoe, the former NFL guy, and president and director of winemaking Josh McDaniels on a new wine called Ensemble, it's a blend of three barrels from the Doubleback Estate. So this is the first time Doubleback's done a private blend, and it's a new, um, you know, signature. Do we know how of- big these barrels are? Are they wood barrels? Are they stainless tanks? I don't know anything about it. I'm just wondering, you know, is this going to be a high volume available for everybody at a reasonable price, or is this going to be a, a high-priced, low volume? My guess, and I could be wrong because generally when you do a – private blend and it's you know like the red blend on that it's like the house wine Mm -hmm. it's usually not expensive but this is metropolitan grill and double back wines are quite expensive oh i thought it was a metropolitan market no grill. okay no the grill all right well then this is going to be i think low volume high price yeah Yeah. i don't think it's going to be your typical house wine um 
I would be surprised coming from Double Back. I don't know. So if you're listening, Metropolitan Girl, be sure to send us an invite for the wine dinner that you <laughs> kicked us off with. We're, exactly. we're available. We're talking it up now. <laughs> so Cafe, do you notice I have begun to start every sentence with so. I don't know why. Cafe Flora, then Florette at SeaTac, and now this spring we will have the Flora Bakehouse on Beacon Hill. They'll be doing pastries, including the famous vegan cinnamon roll, espresso, a few small lunch items, and a couple items that you can only get now at Florette at the airport. Hmm. And that's coming in the spring, I believe. Okay. Yeah, well, just, you know, I think in 2020 is the year that we need to stop ending sentences with questions, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I think so. I think that's a good idea. And also prepositions. Where did you get that at? Yeah. Well, that's just that's just what you want me to stop yeah. doing, not everybody else. But I want everyone to stop. Most people do it, and the so thing I don't think is all mine either. But, but so, anyways, through the 25th. Yes. This is kind of a – I got this in a press release, and I just was amused by it. There's something called Miracle. It's a Christmas pop-up bar that apparently uh, – is in numerous cities. It's some something that someone does each year. Uh, the Rob Roy is turning itself into a miracle on Second Street instead of what? What's the miracle on Forty Second? Forty Second. This is Miracle on Second, and they're turning it into a holiday o- oasis with drinks like Run Run Rudolph and the Christmapolitan. Then Vinny's, who's owned by the same people who have Rob Roy, will have the Sippin' Santa event, and there's like twenty cities around the country that do this, with an updated menu of tiki-themed holiday cocktails like the Christmas Eve of Destruction and Papa <laughs> Noel. The other one that I laughed at that I can't really say, but it was Yippee-I-A Mother. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously tongue-in-cheek. It, it seems like it would be fun. Well, and sipping Santa, so uh, I guess if you if you stay around long enough, you can sit on Santa's lap after he's tossed a couple back and <laughs> you give just, him your Christmas list and see what kind of... Better make sure it's really Santa. Don't just go sitting on anybody's lap. Yeah, you better check under the beard. Yeah, you just cannot be too careful, especially around the holidays. Then um, another fun thing that's coming up, this should really be in the calendar, but on December 13th, it's Holiday Magic on Queen Anne. And this is always just fun. The merchants on Queen Anne open up. They're open late. There's lots of deals. It's uh, Right now, all the lights are up on the trees along Queen Anne Avenue on top. So it's getting to feel very magical up there. So mark that down. Get free parking up there the week of Christmas. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, well, it, well, it is free parking, but I mean, is, is the two-hour... I think it's always just what the signs are. It's still monitored. Okay. Yeah, I think so. But it would be nice if the city just let that go Christmas week. Mm-hmm. The last one we want to talk about, you kind of found out about this. It's called the Ridgewood Bottle and Tap House. Is it Tap House? Is that what I wrote down there? Something like that. Um, and it is going into the old Starbucks, which is next to the original Red Mill Burger Place on Finney Ridge, going into Queen uh, Greenwood, where that just jogs like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to have like 42 taps, 42 beers on taps. Um, and like 300 300 bottles? plus items in the coolers that you can enjoy there or take home. 
They also said that you can either go into or call Red Mill, get your food, and pair your food and an adult beverage. I think they're going to break a wall open. I'm wondering. I'll have to look. Uh, They're doing construction there right now, so if they're going to break that wall open, now would probably be the time. Yeah. So Hmm. that should be very interesting. And that's coming in spring of 2020. So that's my scoop. That's what I know right now. All right. Well, let's uh, take a little break. There's a lot going on, and we're going to have the calendar when we come back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... B&E Meats and Seafood, your neighborhood butcher with four locations to serve you in Des Moines, Burien, Newcastle, and the top of Queen Anne Hill. Unique products, great meats, the freshest seafood, and a knowledgeable, friendly staff make shopping at B&E Meats and Seafood the best choice. My name is Jordan from Twin Falls, Idaho, and I had an amazing food experience at Toulouse Petit. This is Christian from Traveri Cellars in Yakima, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Mirren, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the front of the house. And uh, we're going to get into the calendar. So uh, just a note that we can't possibly tell you everything that's going on, but we do have it on our calendar. So keep an eye on that. And as uh, things come up with special holiday dinners, uh, those will be getting added as we find them out. Especially New Year's Eve things. Right now I have one New Year's Eve thing on the calendar, so that just hasn't started coming out yet. Yep. All right. If you're listening to this early December, it better be really early because this is happening on December 1st. It's a Sunday, 1030 to 1230. It's Casper's Gingerbread House class. He does this every year. It's $60 for one person in one house. Additional guests can sign on for 12 bucks. Kids get to decorate their own houses. They have a collection of supplies and candy to use. And then the kids get to take that house home, which is really fun. They and have eat a, it. Well, they probably could eat it, I'm sure. I have to wait until, you know, the yeah. 2nd down of January yeah. down at the gingerbread house. You know, speaking as a, <laughs> a still a little girl with two older brothers, I could just see myself doing that and my brothers eating it at home. I'd cry through the whole <laughs> holiday. Um, admission includes pastries, hot cider, and cocoa, along with all the supplies. Well, if you had been my sister, what I would have done is you go and do your gingerbread class, and you bring that home, and then our dad would take you out Christmas shopping, and while you were gone, we would eat that house right then. Yeah. When you got home, you'd be in total tears. Oh, I'd be so upset, except for all the things your dad just bought me. <laughs> <laughs> Boys. What's right. next? Uh, let's see. Wednesday, December 4th at 6 p.m., the 12th annual Champagne Gala at Daniel's Broiler at the Bellevue location. As it's going to be $175 per person plus tax and grat. Uh, champagnes will be paired with a multi-course gourmet menu. And you know those are going to be fine champagnes. I think, you know, everybody should have a goal to go and do one or two of these fancy holiday dinners in December. 
Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Except, <laughs> except for me and my poor little credit card. Um, Thursdays through Sundays, December 5th through the 29th from noon to 4, the Heathman Holiday Tea is back. This is at Heathman Kirkland. I think this is a little bit like the uh, Sorrento Hotel tea. You know, I think this is another thing that I think is really fun to do once in a while. It might be a holiday tradition for people. This one is $50 for adults and 25 for kids, both sweet and savory offerings. Then their new bar maven, who really is from um, another uh, uh, restaurant bar, but has come in and created cocktails. She's doing some creative cocktails that will be served in teapots. So it's not your grandma's tea. Hmm. Or maybe it is your grandma's tea, depending on who your grandma was. And then Santa will make an appearance at the tea on December 21st. Will he have been sipping before or not? I I hope that he thinks he's just getting tea and then he will be a riot to be around. (laughs) He has some stories. All right. uh, Let's see. Friday, December 6th. Friday, December 6th. The Great Figgy Pudding Caroling Competition. From 6 to 8.30. 6 to 8.30. It's at Westlake Park on 401 Pine Street. And if your group wants to sing, you pay. I don't know what that means. Well, it's a benefit for the Pike Market Senior Center and Food Bank. So people can just go and listen for free. But somehow they got to raise money. So the people who go and listen can donate, but if your group wants to sing, they have to register mm-hmm. to get on stage, and, the, and then you pay for the group. So that's just like a donation, you know, hmm. which is nice. Is, are you limited on, on what your group could be? Like, like could the presidents of the United States of America show up and sing? As long as they pay and register. Okay. Yes. Remember that, guys. Yeah. Get on it. <laughs> it's coming up. On De- Sunday, two two different dates, actually. Saturday, December 7th, and Sunday, December 15th, Waterways Cruises is doing Santa Cruz lunches. That would be pretty fun. It's $62.95 for adults, children 5 to 12, $29.95. Departs from their uh, North Lake Way uh, flagship place, and boarding starts at 11.30. Elves serve a delicious lunch and create fun activities, and there's a visit from Santa. Plus, uh, you actually get something like a $20 gift card to use on another cruise if you bring an item to donate, and that will go to Roots Young Adult Shelter. So these kids need so- new socks, new underwear, unopened travel size hygiene supplies, backpacks, gloves, coats, winter hats. So that's kind of a nice thing. You can go out and have a great time and then know somebody's going to be in better shape because of you. Yeah, and it's kind of the nice of the elves to take time off from the North Pole and come down and help out on this. You know then, what? It's their busy season. Yeah, I, I know. think it's it's kind of uh, a, you know, hard thing for them, so that's really nice. I think we should do a Christmas in summer and not tie those elves up in December like that. Hmm. hmm. Tying elves up sounds odd, too. Uh, see, December 8th at 2.30 p.m. This is on a Sunday. This is going to be the Cookbook Social and Holiday Bazaar at the Palace Ballroom. It's going to cost you $25 per person, and that includes entrance and one drink token. I'll bet it includes some snacks, too. Yeah, I'm sure there's food there. Uh, this is hosted by Tom Douglas and Book Larder. 
and uh, you get to meet local cookbook authors and purveyors to give you a jump on your holiday shopping. Yay. And this is where we should pipe in the jump song. Jump. Oh, yes. Yeah. By Van Halen. Yeah, because that fits with our whole thing. Gotcha. Well, would I have to pay to sing that right now? Uh, Probably would would have to pay a royalty if we pumped it in right now. I was just going to say I'd pay you not to sing it, but... Uh, Yeah. Okay, do that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how he gets money to go to a fancy holiday thing. Also on December 8th, Sunday, from 9 to noon... Santa gets around. I mean, this is his busy season, and yet he goes to all these Ooh, places. Busy. It's a good thing he travels, you know, by air and, like, bewitched. You think he has people that cover for him? No. He's, he's got people covering for him at the North Pole. Yeah. That's what's There's happening. There's probably, like, an A team and a B team of elves. Well, I wouldn't say A and B, like, good and bad. I'd say the elves have certain qualities that make them really good at either marketing communications or human resources. Oh, yeah, the marketing or, communication elves. Yeah, or the elves who are actually building toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got to have them both, or you're not going to be successful. And clearly, Santa's been around for a while, so he knows what he's doing. <laughs> In any case, he'll be at Tulalip Resort Casino. And this breakfast is $42 for adults, 28 for kids, 4 to 12, includes tax and grad. Um, and the, it's nice because there's an elegant buffet for adults, and then a special buffet for kids with just stuff they like as well as some healthy things, not just like candy. But you can dine with Santa. Those kids are going to be excited. And before you eat, you can meet, get this, Mrs. Claus, the Grinch, and Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Olaf from Frozen. And I'm making a point of this and looking at Tom because I just saw Tom's grandson, who's five, in L.A., and he knows all the words to Frozen. Oh. And so does my niece, who's my niece's niece, my grandniece, who's three, knows all oh, the words. Oh, I don't know anything about Frozen. Guess, I guess I know what we're watching this holiday. Yeah, that's why. We'll get the first one, and then the fro- we'll have to go out to the movies for the second one. All right. Now we're going to zoom ahead from December 8th to the 24th. So that's, like I said, you know, there's more coming up here. We're going to be putting it on as we get the press releases and the information on other stuff that's happening. But... Uh, heading up to Tuesday, December 24th. Well, hey, now I know that Christmas is on Wednesday this year. You do. Uh, from 5 to 10 p.m. Oh, yeah, and because it's not a leap year, that means that uh, uh, New Year's Day will be on Wednesday. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Because there's no leap <laughs> part of the year in that part of the year. Oh, there right? isn't? Oh. No, you're always trying to trip me up. <laughs> always trying to trip me up. All right, let me start over again. Tuesday, December 24th, <laughs> 5 to 10 p.m., this is Christmas Eve dinner at the Goldfish Tavern. Cost is going to be $95 per adult, $35 for children, 3 to 12, plus tax, and a 20% service charge. Reservations are required. And a credit card is required for booking. That's some stiff stuff. Oh, and so on the menu, uh, we've got beef tenderloin, duck breast, black cod, lobster ravioli, wild mushroom risotto, shared appetizers, and dessert choices. Yeah. All sounds pretty good. It does sound good. Then on Tuesday and Wednesday, the 24th and 25th, at Copperleaf Restaurant, it's their Christmas dinner. They're doing Christmas Eve and Christmas, 95 per person, 140 with wine pairings. 
There's an amuse-bouche. You can choose chowder salad or pasta to start. Then entree choices are striped bass, chicken and dumplings, grass-finished beef short ribs, apple strudel, or chocolate peppermint dome. Hmm. Yeah. And now we're moving on to New Year's Eve, Tuesday, December 31st, 5 to 11 p.m., New Year's Eve at Copper Leaf Restaurant again. Uh, and this time it is $115 for a six-course menu. Add $60 if you're going to do the wine pairings. And this will include a muse boucher? Is that a muse bouche. Okay. Uh, dry cured ham for table. For the table. For the table. Bubbles and caviar. Variations of Japanese Wagyu beef. Does that mean they rubbed it on the left side and then one over there they rubbed on the right side? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, more choices like foie gras. Your favorite. Winter truffle lasagna. Truffle and short rib. Agnolotti. Agnolotti. I think you're going there because you are such a truffle fan. Well, if I did, that would be my one truffle meal of the year. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can only do it like once a year. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a little break here, and then we got Mina Williams coming in from Blanc and Rouge. Wine. Yay. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at revolvefoodwine.com. Hi, this is Heather, and if you're ever out in Yakima, be sure to visit Zesta Cucina. They have wonderful Italian dishes and other various foods to try. Hi, this is Eric Radovich, Executive Director of the Washington Beer Commission. You're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show, and we have a very special segment for the holiday coming up that you're going to want to listen to, because I know a lot of you probably don't know a whole lot about champagne. Connie, take it away. All right. We are back with Mina Williams, who is one of our good guests that we like to have back because she's so knowledgeable about wines. And because we're heading into the holidays, we thought we'd hit her up on sparkling wines. So what we think we would like to do, Mina, we're springing this on you now, is do a little kind of sparkling 101. And we were just off air talking about sugar content and things, so we can talk about that and the food pairing 101 that you mentioned. And then we can go into what you kind of were thinking about talking about was really look at what's out there because you don't have to spend a ton on on a champagne, you know, like a a Moet or something, um, you can get something that's really delicious. And if and if you do have guests who come and they want to pair it with orange juice, don't give them a $300 bottle of wine. That would be bad. That would be bad. I've learned this from you. See how people need to listen to Mina. She knows things. Well, there's, there's a time and a place for everything. Yes. And um, the... Sweetness levels of sparkling wines, uh, it runs the gamut uh, from 
practically no detectable sugar at all to so much mm-hmm. that you have a hard time getting through a single flute. Oh, wow. So, You'd be comatose by the end. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so my advice is always with sparkling wines um, to know what you're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to simply enjoy it at home, um, you know, somebody's gotten a raise or yeah. <laughs> found out a baby is on its way mm-hmm. or something. Um, you can just grab a simple Blanc de Blanc from California mm-hmm. and just enjoy the whole bottle. Yeah. Um, if you just found out you won the lottery, <laughs> you might up it a little bit. You could go further. <laughs> <laughs> and then it depends not only of why you're serving this bottle, but uh, with what else. Mm -hmm. If you're just having um, little cracker snacks or if this is going to be part of your dinner Mm -hmm. um, or reception, um, and then what time of year is it? Do you want something that's crisp and refreshing? Um, There's some lovely Rieslings that are sparkling Mm -hmm. um, that – you know, we'll make the hottest day in July just go away. Oh. And, you know, then there are the cold evenings when you want something a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which would be, give us an example. Well, I was thinking of, uh, now everyone's going to sh- just cringe, but um, a Lambrusco or a Burchetto. Mm. Uh, Italian red sparkling wines. Mm, that doesn't and sound bad. We are going to try a Lambrusco that, today that will change your mind about Lambrusco. Oh wow! It is not the syrupy sweet, yeah, thing that mm-hmm. you have had um, in the past. Yeah, interesting. So there's lots out there, and you just have to get it with the right mm-hmm. time, day, and place, yeah. and purpose. Yes. Okay, that makes sense to me. You mentioned, too, um, that sparkling wine or champagne is great with wedding cake, but you have to be aware that when you're pairing food and wine, that the wine should never be sweeter than the food. Than the food. Or drier. There's, you just need there's to rules. have it paired. Yeah, it's got a balance. So if you're having wedding cake, you're going to want a sweeter wine. Right. Okay. So, you know, or, or any dessert. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be just wedding cake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's was, why ports are a little sweeter, mm-hmm. sauternes are sweeter. Uh, it's They're built to go with dessert. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I think a lot of people, we were talking about this earlier, that people don't drink it all the time. It, a lot of people save sparkling wines for an event. And And you and I were like... No, constantly. <laughs> it's like saving the handkerchiefs for a special event. <laughs> the linen handkerchiefs. <laughs> and the event is still that you are blowing your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Every day is an adventure. So, yeah. you know, carpe diem. <laughs> exactly. And what do you feel like right now? Yeah. Sparkling. I think we should try that Lambrusco. That's what I'm feeling like. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. <laughs> Oh, I see something over there that says Loire. Yes, yes. Um, So as part of the enjoyment of sparkling white wines is that you don't need to always drink champagne. 
Champagne is lovely. Mm-hmm. It is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and let's just, since we're doing the 101 as part of this, uh, Champagne can only come from the Champagne region of France. Is that correct? That is absolutely right. It's kind of like tequila. You can only get tequila from Mexico, but then people have been known to try to make other strains of something like a tequila in other parts of the world. And so, obviously, here, domestically, we have what we call sparkling wine. And other parts of France. And in Spain, they're called cava. Mm -hmm. And they use three Spanish grapes, uh, just like the three grapes of Champagne. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're Spanish indigenous grapes. Mm Um, I had mentioned the Riesling, sparkling Riesling. Um, There's Prosecco. Prosecco from Italy, uh, Francacorta from the Milan region. Um, I ran into uh, Rogeri. Uh, Prosecco yesterday had a tasting in Seattle. Mm. And there was even another kind of Prosecco-esque sparkling white wine it, wow. it was made with different grapes mm-hmm. using a slightly different process. I was going to ask about that. Are, is the way they produce sparkling wines or champagne the same or do people do very different things? There are different things. There's the regular champagne or champenois mm-hmm. method, which is painstaking, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is why champagne can command that price. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bottle has been touched by a human about eight times wow. <laughs> or more. Mm-hmm. Um, so you pay for that quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, there, that's one method. And then there's the method that is used with Prosecco, which is a Charmant method. Um, and it's a, a tank <laughs> that yeah. the fermentation happens in this tank and the bubbles are trapped. Um, there's some of the American uh, sparkling wines use injection, like soda pop. Oh, yeah. Um, n- none in Washington. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> or Oregon. <laughs> um, and I was mentioning that the foundry over in Walla Walla is doing a sparkling, but it's something different. It's very natural. Mm-hmm. It's brut, a, brut nature. Okay. <laughs> I like it. It sounds better when you say that. I know. It's natural. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's some ancient practices with sparkling white wines. Um, One involves, I mean, it's so ancient, they didn't have refrigeration, and the bottles would go in the river over the winter. Wow. And (laughs) so that, uh, that, way of producing wine has been mimicked mm-hmm. uh, using refrigeration. But wow. it's, they're not sticking bottles in yeah. rivers. Although, Thank goodness. that's not a bad idea. <laughs> well, there's so much else in rivers these <laughs> days that I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I think our 101 is good. So, there is champagne. Um it's lovely. Uh, the producers, especially the grower producers that come to Blanc and Rouge, our shop in mm-hmm. Snohomish, um, they work very hard at doing what they do. Um, but not every night 
I think spending $60 is a great idea. No. <laughs> you really can't keep that up. <laughs> and um, in Champagne, they can use Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Pinot Meunier. And that's it. And that's it. So if you travel somewhere else in France, say the Loire Valley, you might run into a sparkling white wine that's made of Chenin Blanc, mm -hmm. which is a very common grape in the Loire Valley. Mm -hmm. Or maybe one like this one that is half Chenin Blanc and half Chardonnay. Oh, interesting. So let's, let's try this. Yes. little noise from the table as we... Pour the champagne. Yeah. <laughs> or sparkling wine, we would yes. call it. Yes. Mm, I love the smell. The Shannon is just, it's one of my mm. favorite additives. <laughs> mm -hmm. It Especially um, in the colder months, it, it has a quality of bruised apples to me. Oh, so, okay. So that seems fallish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just before you make cider, mm -hmm. you know. So, and I think mm -hmm. adding the Chardonnay in with it just gives it another brightness and kind of a layer of lemon curd that mm -hmm. is something like you should that. enjoy every day after work. Yes. And we'll just enjoy it while we're working. <laughs> That's very nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I love Chenin Blanc. We don't grow enough of it in Washington State yet. Yeah. It's so good. There's some old, old vineyards, but years ago, I don't know, six, seven, we stumbled on the um, Le Col Chenin Blanc. Mm. And that was kind of our first, like, boy, we haven't heard of this forever. And it was quite good. And then I think um, Powers had some at oh, one they? point, and that was quite good. And then. Uh, Maybe Kiona had it once. Mm. It's hard to make. Mm. Very hard to make. Now, why is that? There's, it's just several steps. Mm. When you're making still wine, you just have to worry about one fermentation. Mm -hmm. With sparkling, sometimes it's two. Mm. You have to worry about the, product, the natural production of the bubbles. Mm -hmm. the, the capping... It's a whole different animal. Yeah. It is okay. very time-consuming. Labor-intensive. Uh, very labor-intensive. Mm -hmm. And you have to know what you're doing because yeah. you're playing with science. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, there could be accidents. There could be. <laughs> <laughs> then you throw it all out and start yeah, over. So sad. <laughs> so, um, so this is called a cremant, mm -hmm. which okay. just means a sparkling wine from france okay you know it's funny when you look at another language and yeah <laughs> it looks more important than <laughs> yeah i thought cremant meant something totally different i didn't know that it just meant sparkling from france that's not champagne right from somewhere else yeah Interesting. and all the regions of france have sparkling uh, cremant okay so it doesn't um, have to be alsace has some and they and the local grapes are always oh, in okay. play Okay. So, you know, it, yeah. it gives each one their own little taste. Mm -hmm. um, Burgundy does a lot of sparkling. Oh, okay. And so you get rewarded with the Chardonnay and the Pinot Noir. Oh, oh. <laughs> so those are, those are fun. Um, 
And if you you have another thing about the French wines, um, when you see something like Blanc de Blanc, mm-hmm. all that means is it's only made out of white grapes. Mm-hmm. And Blanc de Noir is only made out of dark grapes. Okay. So yeah. if, if you're in Champagne and you can only use Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, and Chardonnay, Chardonnay is the only white grape. Mm-hmm. So your Champagne would be made only from sh- Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. When they do the red grape, do they take the skin off or is that made with the skin on? It, part of the process is skin on. Okay. And then it's pulled when it gets to the color. Okay. Okay. So... So one of the best bangs for your buck are <laughs> cavas from, oh. from Spain. I and three indigenous Spanish grapes. Um, and there are several producers. Most of them are located over by Barcelona. Oh, okay. Um, if you're ever in that neighborhood, uh, I would recommend making a point to go visit Alta Alea. They are a lovely cava producer with many levels of quality. Oh, okay. So you're getting something that resembles a Chardonnay, mm-hmm. made with totally different grapes. Oh, but, interesting. <laughs> but it has that, um, that elegance and that fine-tuned unctuousness. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> and then all the way through several layers of quality to the $15 bottle you pick up to put orange juice. Yeah, yeah. Do a little mimosa action. (laughs) (laughs) So so Mm -hmm. how do you think this tastes in comparison to the... It was a little sweeter, maybe? Is that right? I think it's a little brighter to me. Mm. A little poppier. A little um, like stars in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that just more bubbles or is it actually the grape? It's the the acid. Okay. So what's the grape they're using? My Spanish is really bad. Uh It turns into Italian. (laughs) Oh. Well, then we better not. (laughs) Charlot is one. And I am afraid to mispronounce. Mm. Do you know how it's spelled? There's an X and a C. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Because I speak, speak probably more Spanish than you, although my Spanish is not great, but an X and a C is not going to help yeah. me. I could make Chinese out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese sparkling wine. That might be a deal. Yeah. Oh, except oh, for the terrace. Oh, it might be one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like this. I, I, I am a fan of cavas and proseccos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, I didn't bring a Prosecco with me today because I opted for the, the Lambrusco. Yeah. Trying some different stuff. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing you were going to talk about is really look out what's out there because there's so many different things like what you're talking about that there, you might not. There is a lot. Um, I probably spend at least. 30 minutes every morning looking at my champagne and sparkling wine rack, just looking wow. at it going, okay, do we, you know, <laughs> have we hit all the marks? Do we yeah. have a representative from every style and country? Mm-hmm. Um, most recently, uh, Graham Beck 
uh, is a producer in South Africa. Oh, wow. And they are making sparkling white wine um, out of Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, Chardonnay in the Champenois method. Wow, but in, in South Africa. In South Africa. Interesting. Um, and it is the retail pricing is right about 15 to 17 dollars a bottle. Wow, and you like it. It is really tasty, especially for 15 to 17 dollars yeah. a bottle. Yeah. And I've always been very fond of it. Is it Gruet or Gruet from New Gru- Mexico? Oh, Gruet. Monsieur uh, Gruet came into the store really? a few years ago. Ah. And he's the son. Oh, um, okay. And the, the Gruets are from Champagne. Oh, okay. And the fa- Oh, no, this is made in New Mexico, the one yes. I'm talking about. Oh, it, yeah. it is. Okay. The, the family is from Champagne. Oh, 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 okay. And the father went on an exhaustive search to find other property. Uh, oh. He couldn't afford buying anything in Champagne. Mm-hmm. So he was looking far and wide and ended up in New Mexico. Oh, that's hilarious. Mm. I love that story. And it is... Hands down, delicious. It is so good. <laughs> I have yeah. a favorite out of Australia, a sparkling Shiraz. Uh-huh. Oh, I love those. Mm. Which one do you like? Uh, well, I think I recall it was called the Shook, wasn't it? The Shook. That's oh, right. okay. The chicken. Um, Molly Duker has one, mm. and uh, Bloodsdale has their Uncle Dick. <laughs> I have not seen that. <laughs> Do not know that I could put that out on the table and be, feel I good had about Uncle myself. Dick, but he died of lung cancer. Oh. Probably not the same thing. Yeah, he it's, might not have yeah, been involved. It's like an icebreaker. Well, and also in Washington, we have Traveri. Yes. Yes. And they that's do a excellent. lot of different grapes. They'll do yes. Wurzstraminer and. And Riesling yes. also. And yeah, um, yeah I have uh, a very beautiful bottle that a woman makes. Uh, sequin bottles, basically. Yeah. They're not sequins. It's, yeah. Sparkly. <laughs> sparkly. <laughs> For sparkly wine. <laughs> um, and they're beautiful bottles. And yeah. if you're ever driving out toward Yakima, just get off the freeway, have a glass, oh, sit nice. out on their Yes, lawn. it's a beautiful place. What what a great experience. Well, we are running out of time, and we have a Lambrusco. Yeah, yeah, so we have to. All right, so... Tell us about this. So this is the exercise in it's not the right color, mm-hmm. and it doesn't taste sweet. It's very dark red. It's very dark red. And the, the bubbles, the pink foam, bubbles is very pink. Almost purple bubbles. Yeah, yeah, it's very beautiful. So someone having a burgundy wedding. Mm. <laughs> oh, there you that go. Smells good. Um... So Lambruscos mm. come everywhere from the sweet to the dry, and mm-hmm. we have a dry mm-hmm. in our glass. There's some acid there, though. I can feel that on my tongue. Mm. We've gone silent. It's mm. it's like eating uh, berries. Mm-hmm. These yeah. are the raspberries out of my backyard. <laughs> Before they're ready. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's I wanted tart. It. <laughs> This is a good example of what you're talking about. I think that you need to know what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Because this is really good, but if you put it with something that really shouldn't go with, it could be bad. Yeah, it could go very, very bad. Yeah. And it's, and if you just think because it's a Lambrusco that it's going to be sweet, 
you know, oh, let's serve this with dessert. Mm -hmm. I think outside of serving it with a cheese course, a sweet pastry, it would be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Mina, thank you so much again for being back with us. And for those of you listening, please go out to Blanc and Rouge in Snohomish because you can use this knowledge that she has. And she has a very knowledgeable staff. Um, and plus, it's just a delightful shop. So, and they do events and dinners, and t- you you can winemaker dinners, yeah, wine classes. The, there's so much and out there. I can tell you the selection is always changing. So if you're there and you taste something you like, you better it. grab it right then because it might not be there a couple of weeks from then. But mine is so good; she can probably get it for you again. But it's not going to be instant gratification. No. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we've got some more in store. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Petra Mediterranean Bistro. Take a journey to Greece, Lebanon, Jordan, and the North Shore of Africa by way of Belltown as you dine in a welcoming atmosphere and experience the hospitality that Chef Call provides. Need a quick bite? Drop into the attached cafe or shop for authentic flavors in the adjoining store. Visit PetraBistro.com for more information. Hi, this is Lisa from Woodinville. Um, my favorite restaurant here in the Woodinville area is Russell's, uh, located near Bothell. And one of the things I really like about the restaurant is it really reflects the Northwest, what we have to offer here, and and um, has some very unique items on the menu. Hi, this is Amanda Bevel from World Spice, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Welcome back to the Seattle Dining Show. Thank you, Mina, for all your great input on good wines for the holidays Mm-mm. and really any time of the year. Uh, before we take off on our last show of the year, we would like to end the show with some tips, as always. One of the things I was thinking about, because every now and then Tom goes, no, to me, is that you should know who you're dining with. Understand the people you're dining with. Sometimes, of course, you're dining with friends of friends and you don't know, but... I love to share bites. I like to give someone bites off my plate. I like to try their stuff because I love to see what a restaurant's doing. And so stuff. you should have medically checked out before you share bites with them? No, that oh. wasn't where I was going. Oh, Probably a good idea, but you can't just carry a <laughs> medical kit with you. It's so, so bad, such bad form. But some people hate this. I mean, and, and you sometimes don't mind trying something of mine. If it's something you've been kind of interested in, you might want to try it. But more often than not, you don't want to mix flavors. If you like what you're eating and mine's totally different, mm-hmm. you don't want to go there. So don't even ask if you know someone doesn't like to share. Um, and if you're the one who's being asked, it's okay to say no. I, I prefer not to hear no. But, um, you know, just say, oh, no, thanks. I'm fine with what I've got or, you know, mm-hmm. not tonight, maybe some other time, you know, maybe another meal I'll try your stuff or something. But Sometimes it's annoying on both sides, you know. If sometimes if, I change my mind and my little fork comes your yeah, way, and I grab yeah. a little bite of whatever exactly. that was. But you know, I've done it with friends too, and sometimes I get that look, like, "Get your fork off my plate." <laughs> so you know, it's just good to know before you go, or 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 mark it in your little memory banks that you know Bob doesn't like to share. 
Yeah. 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 I have another friend who's very much like that. He he doesn't want to share at all. Not even an appetizer. Oh, Not his thing. Okay. So. Huh. Yeah. Well, my tip is a little bit late, but it's uh, better late than never. We've already passed Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, throughout the holiday season and even into the first part of the year, a little pumpkin spice is mm. nice. Yeah. So get out your pen and your paper or your iPhone or whatever you do, and uh, I'm going to tell you how to make pumpkin spice. Yeah, Tom is really getting good at this, too, make making own. his own spice things. Make it at home. Go get, uh, go get your spices bulk at the local Better Market. And uh, you can make your own pumpkin spice, and and you know, and you can have the quality. Like I love to, you know, the whole kitchen here is organic, so I've got an organic pumpkin spice. And uh, the way you do it, real simple. It's going to be uh, one tablespoon of cinnamon, one teaspoon of allspice, one teaspoon of ground nutmeg, and one teaspoon of ground ginger. And you put all that into a salt shaker or some kind of a shaker, and you got it ready to go. And you can use that when you're making uh, a pie. You can use it when you're making a coffee. But, oh, my, put that in a blueberry smoothie or a shake. Mm. Yum, yum. And, you know, if you happen to be using yogurt, a little vanilla yogurt with all those spices would be really good, That would be too. good, yeah. yeah. Or make your own vanilla yogurt. Yeah. Get your ba- basic yogurt. That has all the goodies in it and no sugar, and then yeah. drop in a little vanilla, and then put some of that spice in. Yeah, mm. you know that's a another little thing to be aware of. The we've been buying almond milk, mm-hmm. and the almond milk with vanilla does not have sugar. But if you go to yogurt, like we buy Nancy's yogurt, mm-hmm. if you get the vanilla yogurt, sugar. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. you got to be careful and not mix up where the yeah, sugar. That's is. why you want to make your own yogurts. From scratch, which is yeah. basic yogurt, and then you do the spices and the seasonings. Mm-hmm. Mm, that sounds great. All right. Okay, it's time to wrap up. Thank you for joining us on the show this month and for this entire year. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. And happy new year to everyone. We'll see you in January. And all acquaintance be forgotten. <laughs> oh, I have to put more money out now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you next year. The year of the rap. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.